Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Screen Talk, IndieWire's weekly podcast. The last Screen Talk episode of the year. I'm Eric Cohn. Vice President and Executive Editor, joined as always by Ann Thompson, our Editor-at-Large. And we often come to the end of the year totally out of steam with nothing left to discuss and ready to shut the door and move on to whatever the hell the next year has to offer. But we got a short list, so we have something real to discuss before we can get into the big epistemological questions about the future of movies or whatever. Uh, lots of short lists, actually. Yes, Documentary, international. Lots of stuff. So how are you feeling about all well, the stuff we've been predicting for months? The sh- I just want to say that the shortlists are, are revealing in some ways in, in terms of what they include or what kind of strength they show. But you don't want to make too much of them because they're not really predictive of what's going to happen on nominations morning. Because, of course, the if you have 10, they're competing for five slots. And, you know, the strongest are going to outperform the week. Even if Black Panther ended up with five shortlist slots, uh, Wakanda forever, um, it doesn't mean that Avatar isn't going to knock it out or or the Batman or some other movie, you know, uh, is gonna, isn't going to, you know, beat it um, in in the in the final analysis. And, you know, if if. Uh, uh, Avatar got four, and about and Black Panther got five. It doesn't mean anything, really. But that don't, but that that logic really, really only applies to these big movies. The crafts, the big, right, the big the crafts. Crafts. So the movie that came out ahead in a surprising way was All Quiet on the Western Front, which not only landed in the international race as we expected. We think it's the front runner. I think, don't you agree? It's 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 in there as a front runner. I mean, what we broke down the the contenders, it seemed like the kind of academy friendly movie in that category that could resonate across a couple of different sectors because it's this epic war movie. It's it's not you know something that you could see detractors from. Say Park Chan Wook's movie is beautiful, but maybe it's too long or too cold or whatever the kind of the criticism stylish yeah right so all quiet on the western front is accessible in that way um and beautiful and incredibly well made so it it was but it was still a bit of a shock that in the end it got five slots it got they've four been screening it like crazy crafts though. and we know? have heard people really like it i mean like yeah. actors and stuff like but Benedict this isn't Cumberbatch about the actors this is you know so so across the board it's, people and, are and you can also like, you can also look at something you know um i think a man called otto got a song nomination or something that movie could could crop up you know, somewhere in, in, it could be that SAG nominates Tom Hanks and, you know, we yeah, missed out on the surprise globe, but... sleuth candidate uh, for the end of, for the end of the year. But um, cause it's actually a very uh, accessible and uh, well-made tearjerker 
kind of movie. It's not as bad as the ads would suggest. <laughs> the it ads being terrible. just Tom, Tom Hanks' face. <laughs> it's actually yeah. good. It's it's a mainstream right. movie. It's oh, what it is. I'll consider yeah. it. I'll consider seeing it at some point. But let, let's go back to to international because I mean, you were talking about all quiet, so it got a, a it was strong in a lot of different categories. Right, but that I would gives also it say, a lot of strength. Actually, it, does. it just yeah. does. But I would it could also be a say, best picture contender. Is my point. Yes, it's possible that you could add those sorts of things up. And I had heard that argument made for some of the other films throughout the year that ended up on the short list. Who now I wouldn't see that argument, but they could also do well with this international category. Close. I mean, that is a tearjerker. Close is a total tearjerker. Is the one I find fascinating because there's there are as many people who dislike it as like it. It is hugely popular, actually, Decision to Leave. People get well, very people excited love Park about Chan-wook Park too. Chan-wook. That's right. So it's about him. So, But I still don't think it's going to make it into the top 10 because there's so no, much it's not clarity a around right. it. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough it's one. A, You'd it's have too to much have... of an exercise in style, I believe. That's, that's the counter argument. I mean, the, the other thing is it's like, what is it? But it'll wind it really... up in the top five of the of the international it'll get nominated right no it's 100 percent getting nominated and if it gets nominated it could win i mean the other thing about this category is that it can be surprising right we were wondering if there would be a yak in the classroom type of uh um, slot this there year really something completely any, out of nowhere. Any surprises. no we've been predicting stuff for a long time in we fact the it's list the, pretty well set i think i would say the movies that were sort of on the cusp that maybe could have been shortlisted were the ones that, that could have had that slot like say alcaraz the spanish submission really beautiful naturalistic non-actors kind of immersive atmospheric plot about a farming family that played really well when I've talked to people about it, but it was also more cinematically kind of specific in a way that may have. And a lot of people others. never caught up with War Sailor, probably right, you love because that. of its length and because they thought it might be depressing. And it was, it was depressing, but so it was a that. very moving film. I was sorry it didn't make it. I, I quite like Mars One as well, the Brazilian entry, which mm. premiered back at Sundance, was actually set during the Bolsonaro era, era. So it's basically a period piece now, but about a family. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and uh, Eva DuVernay's array recently picked that up. So it's a good range of stuff that could have shaken things up. I'm curious about some of the the, the weirder things that are definitely still in the mix, like EO, which we've talked about. Yeah, I, but thought, I don't see that one making the top the top five. Uh, it's but it possible. leaves a mark. It leaves it has a, it, very very it. passionate supporters, exactly like, like you, you know, um, and, and like I Academy it members. I mean, it's it's a cool movie experience. It is. It is. It's, it's an elegant cinematic experience um i i wonder if return to Saul might not catch more younger international voters um i i bet that corsage ends up alienating as many people as it allure you know as it lures um i'm i'm not sure but it's one of the better scene of the movies corsage it's just been around for a while and well promoted yeah and vicky um, creeps is great in it and so she's that fantastic. obviously helps she's extraordinary um but again that's one of those movies that plays better for women than than for men well and don't forget about joyland a movie that won the queer palm was a real crowd pleaser first pakistani film at Cannes, uh and then was the pakistani oscar submission got banned in Pakistan, unbanned in Pakistan. You know, it's it's a really well-made first feature and it's going to be in Sundance's section in a few weeks where they where they show a few films that have already played at festivals that they like. So that one keeps building. That could, that could build some some following. Um, but I it love doesn't the have quiet distribution girl. here. 
from Ireland. That that's another one that, that's that a has beautiful sort of a, a, a gentle crowd pleasing like element. That. But I was yeah. going to say one other point about Joyland is that it doesn't have U.S. distribution yet, and maybe this helps seal the deal. It's just kind of late in the game, you know. So you kind of it's not unusual for the uh, international films to break uh, late, and some of them don't open until the new year. It's, it it doesn't have to open in the in the calendar year. Uh, it, it, only in the country that submitted it. Is there a deadline like that? So they can put that out anytime. I'm surprised that India got the last show in. Right after all see. that drama with I RRR. I have to catch up with that. Yeah, RRR, I just, you know, I, I don't know. And then um, uh, I, I do believe that uh, Bardo will do fine. The the Mexican. Seems Bardo. likely. I mean, it's yeah. just, I, it's another one where it's like, like, as you say, decision to leave. It's like, there are some people who love it and some people who don't love it. But Inuritu's profile in Hollywood, I mean, he's much bigger than Park Chan-wooks. He's won twice. He's very well liked, et cetera, et cetera. We've talked about that. In Argentina, 1985, we've discussed. It's very right. popular. So we could have two Latin American films nominated this year, which is nice, given that that industry has been struggling uh, post-pandemic. Yeah. And that's that's good to let's see. Do let's, let's, let's do the docs. Let's talk about that. Because the so, doc list is nuts. Not like in a bad way. There were really so surprising. many on there that I hadn't even heard of. <laughs> at least great. on the foreign side, we were familiar with everything. This I was very one, happy about you that. You have a combo of these big hits that did well at the box office. I didn't think Hallelujah, Leonard Cohen, A Journey, A Song was going to get nominated. Not nominated, shortlisted. And I don't think it'll get nominated because it isn't a specially groundbreaking in terms of the kind of direction or anything it's a wonderful right. movie it did a, over a million at the box office is right. the point that and helps. moon age daydream did and just in the domestic 4.6 million and right. overseas altogether worldwide it was like 7.8 million and it had a really good camp i mean they've been campaigning for that movie since it was on the red carpet at Cannes. and brett morgan even Dancing if he's not around. a popular figure got got shortlisted <laughs> yeah. uh, so that and he got a sound nomination uh shortlisted Short sound list. slot yeah so so that's good but there were others like um i mean we got a lot of the usual suspects in there but i had never heard of hidden letters a house made of splinters these are two uh asian ones no yeah, the house well, made well, of splinters I, is the one about the Ukrainian. children yeah, yeah, that's a that's a and, and a another one, by the way, that that is was that was actually on our best undistributed. These are the international the voters. That yeah, got this these a, in. housemate of splinters is fascinating because it's a, about a Ukrainian uh, shelter for for neglected children, and it's pre-Russian invasion, but oh. it also is you know sort of taps into the state of things in that country on the cusp of wartime, so you can. Put it in a contemporary context. Again, doesn't have distribution though, so somebody's got to. They jump do onto have that. distributors. Each of uh, they they all wrote me. They, they're small, small. Okay, little so I, so I'm behind the curve on that. I, that's I the put thing. it. Like, I added them to the story uh, as they came in. They're not on IMDb. Let's well, yeah, that's that the thing. There's still an element <laughs> of introducing these to people that has to happen. But uh, but then you have a lot of stuff that we did expect. I was shocked. I mean, obviously, all all that breeze. Obviously, all the beauty and the bloodshed. Where Goodnight Oppie went? Was it just too commercial for the Doc Branch? They it's didn't just, want it to win. They didn't I, want it to win. They knew it would win if it got nominated. It's such so a strange obstructionist <laughs> attitude. Because the thing is, like, I, I resent anybody who says it was like this year's octopus teacher it's such it's a better not movie the same. It's, it's such not, a better but it's movie. a very manipulative emotional um you know they use the 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 visual effects to a good effect but it is 
it, I was really surprised. There were people who were like saying, well, I didn't it get nominated for visual effects, please. You know, I mean, what it did was unusual for a doc, but it's it competes with Avatar. Yeah, know? no, it's it's more a question. Yeah, I mean, the, we've seen so many of these kind of like IMAX nature docs, and this one is doing that in tandem with really good archival filmmaking and strong characters and so forth. It is, I mean, I'm a space nut. I've said it before, I'm biased. I don't always like happen. commercial docs. I'm sorry, Eric. I did really, really like this sorry. one. People should still watch this movie. It's really <laughs> satisfying. By the way, there's another, it's not a rover, but there's another probe on the other side of Mars called InSight, which monitors um, what they call Mars quakes, geological activity on Mars. And it just sent its last photograph. Yeah, it just shut down. I saw yeah. Yeah. So that. So this drama is ongoing, on the, they're, they're turning on the, 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 the emotions. Yeah. But the ones that we expected, like Fire of Love and Descendant and... The Janes and Last Flight Home and Navalny and Retrograde and The Territory. These are all movies that have been winning various awards and getting lots of attention. So I'm happy that they- Yeah, and you, you could see the category sort of around those, but then also the possibility that one of the ones we didn't see coming kind of finds its way in, you know, does- you know, uh, children House of the, the Mist. Yeah. Yeah. Or House Made of Splinters could be a Honeyland type of movie, something like that. I mean, it, it, you know, something that's international, it's showing us the world. Well, we have to see them. Way. We have to catch yeah. up. It makes, it's exciting, it. actually. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very curious about it. Although, Fire of Love. That's the other box office hit, like, by the way. Yeah. Made a lot of money. It's gotten that geo behind it. And, um, you know, started its journey way back in January at Sundance, too. So, you know, looking ahead to Sundance, I was going through the lineup this year and obviously lots of docs, lots of stuff. That doesn't have That's what I'll be doing. But, I'll yeah, be it, slogging through them. It does make a difference, though, this time of to year. To get into the Sundance, Sundance lineup is a huge deal. It is one of the most competitive for the documentary world because so many of them end up in the do in the Oscar race. Yeah, and here you, you can see why. why? So yeah. so the short list also has short subject stuff. So I there. wanted to know, because I, I know I've heard a lot of good word on La Poupie, the Alice Robacher, which I can't wait to see. And I've mm -hmm. heard good things about the uh, debutante. But I'm really curious. That looks like an animated one. I'm curious which of the ones you curated actually got in. Yeah, so for context, we had a great event. A couple of weeks ago during uh, Penske Media's LA3C Music Festival, we, we had uh, a short film showcase only with Oscar qualified shorts. Um, so we only watched Oscar qualified shorts that from the past year. And in order to qualify, you had to either win at a festival or get a theatrical or Oscar qualifying festival or get a theatrical qualifying run. Um, all but one got one at a festival. Uh, we had three uh, two in uh, live action and uh, one in uh, animation and uh, one and then uh, yes and not, not well in docs we did a we previewed flag makers uh, Cynthia Wade's film which is on doc so the challenge with docs obviously is that they're quite long and, and yeah. really, they need their own program but flag makers a very good movie about a flag making factory in middle america with people from different kind of walks of life politically so it's very timely it, it deals with the january 6th events and how that affected the lives of the people making this flag so that does seem like the kind of thing that that could really resonate but in some of these other shorts i mean i have seen le pupil uh from alice roar walker that's on disney plus now i think or will yeah. be soon it um is, yeah 
Yeah, and, and it had actually played at Telluride where Quaron, uh, who's an EP on it, did a conversation. Um, but it's it's quite long. It's close to, I think, 40 minutes, 30-something minutes. So it's, it, it's interesting how this category has everything from really short films to things that are creeping into feature-length territory. And they're, it's very international. It's really across the map. Uh, two live-action shorts that I would single out. One is Tula, which is a Spanish film. Um, that's a, a great little uh, statement on the lack of sex education in Catholic women high school or in high schools and middle schools in in Spain, and basically about a, a an older woman who figures out that a, that a, a teenager she's talking to doesn't know anything about sex because she hasn't been taught it in school. Um, and then the other one, Warshaw, which was a Sundance premiere again, Sundance um, about a. Well, I don't want to spoil it for people who are going to see it, but it's essentially about a, a queer uh, migrant worker in Beirut, uh, and and it all takes place on a crane. Uh, he's he's, wow. he's in construction, so it's really cool the way it's shot. Very specific idea, you know. It's like. 13, 14 minutes long, but it's the kind of thing you watch it, you remember what it is. So that one feels like something that could have real legs. Um, so it was really fascinating looking. Well, we at got we got some catching up, catching up to do yeah. now, Eric. A lot to and, see. Yeah, yeah. A lot to see. This and all we fun. should talk about, but we should talk about the songs too, because okay. the songs. So Chow, really Papa, the Pinocchio. So, oh, so the overview I wanted to give just before we do, all right, we'll do the songs. So not to not to right the uh you gotta learn it you gotta watch one of those youtube videos and learn how to do a little one leg that intense dance number that they do where everybody (laughs) falls away and they just have this extraordinary such an earworm athleticism you know not since seven brides and seven brothers you know but but this is this is the song i hope to god it gets nominated because it would be such a great number the oscars Oscars. you're right seeing that on to the extent that rr may not happen because it didn't get anything else on here and it may not make best picture it may not make best director which are basically the two that are possible they got to um, really keep pushing it hard now even even yeah, with the it chart, would be such a huge happen, but... audience that they would get if they did it but pe- i mean that's not why like anyone crazy. would do it you know. i mean people keep talking i was at an imax screening of avatar this past week and and people were talking about seeing rrr in imax i mean it's like it is a theatrical experience even now because they keep doing more screenings of it and it's got this rocky horror thing so a lot could change I hope, even if the short I hope, but that doesn't out. mean it translates to to the academy which has its own sets of standards which apply to everything everywhere all at once which i didn't ever expect to be a big craft play anyway that one got three top gun got three elvis got two babylon got three Class Onion got score. Women Talking got score. Women King got score. Pinocchio got three. Fableman's got score. You know, so the acting movies, you know, aren't necessarily going to show up. The acting writing nominees aren't going to necessarily, you know, Banshees isn't going to show up on these craft. Right. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's out of the mix. It just, Carter Burwell is well-respected and all, but that's not the real. Just because these movies are are here doesn't mean they're going to end up in best picture. You know? No, I don't expect White Noise is getting a a best picture nomination as much fun as I had with that crazy movie, but I love seeing New Body Roomba by uh, LCD Sound (laughs) System on here. And I really hope that James Murphy gets nominated for it because it's a a real (laughs) banger of, of a single and uh, emancipation man. turned up in hair and makeup along with the whale which is probably the front runner there 
That makes sense. And then, of course, with with the avatar of it all, I'm I'm sort of, here's what I want to know about Avatar. Are you hearing that everybody uniformly loves it and it's a slam dunk best picture front runner now? Or because more people have seen it since the first time we discussed it. Front runner is the question mark of the day. Because, yeah. because because remember, Avatar didn't win the first time around. It got beat by The Hurt Locker, right? Right. The Hurt Locker being a very small war movie directed by Catherine Bigelow. So it was it, it was the way the Academy wanted to see itself, you know, the high-minded. But that was a different period of time. And now we have the same narrative, it's though. The, the, it's always the same. Those, Avatar those, the whole may thing? have a, a, an environmental message, yeah, but it's still a sci-fi action movie with a lot of people getting blown up by guns even if but it my, has the beautiful uh elegiac kind of you know celebration of nature but, but my sense was that there's is also this this element of um people wanting these commercial movies to do really well to send a message that there's that they're still very viable and getting them nominated is one thing but isn't that the argument for say a top gun continuing to have it's going to be it's going to do very well top gun top gun is going to get in uh for best picture um avatar is a better movie we have we have a very popular list of movies that are going to pull audiences to the oscar show which is a good thing and in general uh as we look at the year uh behind us and the years ahead hollywood is at a crossroads that is, 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 is quite serious, you know, is like, well, how are they going to spend their money to get people to show up at theaters? And I would argue that Babylon and Amsterdam are not the way to get people to, to, to come to movie theaters. Let's I, I, I will eat my hat let's, let's break Babylon that down a little bit. is a huge hit. I'm talking about um, auteurs uh, getting what directors they want. who people uh, bank on and they can get stars in their movies. And so the logic becomes if, if I get Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie to be in Babylon, then I can make the movie and it'll, it'll get an audience. That's the logic. It's not yeah, about I looking mean, at the script or figuring out who the audience might actually be this logic i think makes more sense for smaller movies that are made for a different kind of market i mean for the last several years the kind of growth of the vod space you know where it's like a nicholas cage can guarantee you two million dollars in digital sales or whatever does not mean that he's gonna you know be a great person to get attached for me it's gonna be a big global hit so there's a different scale for stars. It seems like that's well. There's always the, the practical. You know, now they break the markets down in a different way. If you're at Universal and your movies go into PVOD after three weeks, they they do hold on to some of the art films longer if they think they're doing some business or there's a reason to keep them there in theaters. But for the most part, seventeen days and you're on PVOD, and there's a market for those movies. They make money. Fablemans at Universal, it's making money. You know, um, but she it's said making did money not. on PVOD. We can assume. So, so, um, but the but the point the point is these are calculations that people make, and so I'm sort of scrap. I love talking to Damien Chazelle. I love Babylon. I think Babylon is full of wonderful, extraordinary. Uh, movie making, you know, I'm not going to argue with it if, if, if they spend almost a hundred million dollars on something like that, the official figure being 78, but do you think, I don't believe it. <laughs> I don't know 
every, who exactly greenlit this movie, but do you think the logic it was... It went through several uh, regimes. And did people actually think this is going to make its money back? Or did they... Are there other they ways did. to kind of think they about did. it? They did. And, I, and I, at the very end I of the day, they actually made a deal with him before. You know, it, they made a deal to keep Chazelle under their... Under their but that's offices. what I'm saying. It's like maybe the price tag of keeping Damien Chazelle is a hundred million dollar movie, so that say in the next ten years he does whatever else he's he going to do. He doesn't show signs that. of caring about appealing to an audience. Yes, he made La La Land and Whiplash, which did appeal to audiences, but that's really not who you know. First Man is is more like. Well, maybe he has to he feel it. Maybe now that he's on, he's he's in the system, but he can't necessarily get away with another spectacle about now he, Hollywood he has history. exhausted his post So he owes them something. Yeah. So there is maybe a business calculus there, even <laughs> if you lose money. I'm just trying to put myself in a capitalist mindset. It's like, I can stand this risk. Very difficult for you, Eric. <laughs> I, it's not my forte per se. But I know that everything is a calculation. I mean, obviously this movie not doing well is, is not the end of the It hasn't Chazelle's not done career. well yet. I am projecting. <laughs> It's, it's sort of the expert. I was in Times Square the other day. I saw Leopold Stott, which was great. And I walked by a huge Times Square billboard for this movie. And I did wonder who, you know, all these tourists from different parts of the world walking around. It's like, are they well, looking up some, and they're saying, oh, Brad Pitt. And I want to see that. There's some titillation. Movie. They want to see Brad Pitt in Bullet Train, you know, or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. They don't want to. I don't think they want to see Brad Pitt pay, playing an aging alcoholic movie <laughs> uh, idol. You know, I, I don't think they do. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean, I wonder what people think they're getting. I mean, when they go see it, maybe they just want to see the Brad Pitt movie they saw a trailer for. And do they follow all the nuances or do they just kind of enjoy? I mean, the, the opening of that movie is so is it's very so wild amazing. and fun. I would, I would so, tell everyone to spend their money to see the first hour of Babylon. I would. Yeah. I totally would. Yeah. I mean, it is. You get your but money. But it's for cinephiles. There's a reason why the yeah. critics are being kinder to it than everyone else. Yeah, yeah. Because we but, love movies. Yeah, and we've had a lot of movies like that this year that yeah. are sort of like designed for us to get excited. But um, Empire of Light isn't happening. That's another one. San Mendes, you know, where he sort of followed his 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 bliss. He followed what he wanted to do, a personal story, you know, set in an aging movie palace on the edge of the ocean in, in England in the 80s, and it just doesn't work. Actually, I, I was just writing a bit about this. So what do you think is the best movie about movies this year? Is it Fablewinds? Maybe. I would year. say I would say nope. Because nope. Nope, I will I agree with you. Such a it's such a clear-eyed way to make a statement about it but it's not just about that like you have to think about what it's about to get that you can also just watch that movie and be like enthralled by this crazy ufo concept you've never seen in a movie before it works you know? on many different levels it's like a, a, a trojan horse thing in a way which i thought was really interesting which some that's people go along with and other people do not i would like to see nope again i would yeah, like to absolutely well, you said that there's i got a blu-ray in the mail there's a 56 minute behind the scenes feature oh. so if you want to get deep it's actually pretty, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched some parts of it. It's pretty cool to see how they, like the, the house covered in blood sequence, for example, you see you see them shooting that and stuff like that. Um, I mean, Nope is one of those movies that just has so much going on and so many different levels that you're just, your brain is just working overtime. 
to keep up with it. That's an exciting movie. Yes, That's the kind of exactly. movie you want to see. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was, it's interesting thinking about Fableman. I will back any studio that wants to make it. No, well, but it wasn't like over expensive or anything. It made no, some but it's, money. Yeah, it, it's a small-ish movie, but it's still a spectacle and it's got stars in it and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I, I, I do think it's fascinating when you think about it, like Nope is doing what Spielberg did for a lot of his career, which is like take a literal concept and then bathe it in metaphor to make it escapism. Like E.T. is a divorce movie, but it has an alien. You know, now he's just made Fablemans. But nope, it's the same. It's, it's, it's got the alien and it's about all this other stuff related to But to part cinema. of your avatar question, because on the uh, Gold Derby website, which, by the way, is really not very predictive and you shouldn't take it too seriously because it's a bunch of critics, basically, and, and film writers and Oscar predictors. Many of whom are very smart and capable people. No, but they, you know, I, I, I often find them uh, off base. But one of the things that's happening is that they're starting to predict Avatar as the best picture uh, front runner uh, ahead of Fablemans. And that's indicative of the fact that Fablemans is just a kind of big, fat question mark. You know, it looks like an Oscar winner, you know? because people care about Spielberg and they care about his oeuvre, they care about all the movies, but there's something missing from Fableman's that well, everyone on, feels, I believe. Well, the thing the thing about Fableman's that maybe it's Achilles' heel is just like on a, in a pure narrative sense, it's not doing anything new. You know, it's like well, when we talk about everything everywhere all at once, like you've never seen a version of that nope. movie before. Nope is or nope. very... Right avant-garde so, so the, there's there are just more exciting movies in, in just from a filmic standpoint or RRR, right exactly you so go this, down is the a, list. this is old-fashioned filmmaking but it's very different for him because it's so right. personal yeah and he's showing us things that really happened in yeah. his life and that moment where he looks at his mother on film is pretty intense yeah as the camera reveals more things about his life you you do understand why he made this movie yeah so does that is that something you reward with a best picture? I don't know, but I'd be okay with it. The only reason that I keep hanging on to it is because it's the way people want it again. It's the way Holly, which is the zeitgeist movie. That's the question. Is Avatar the zeitgeist movie? The one that 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 shows us how we should be treating animals and and how we should be treating the environment and 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 wows <laughs> us with every single it's frame. it's a bit zeitgeisty it's a bit zeitgeisty Maybe. but also it could have been made a few years ago and, and still be zeitgeisty because of it's about something you know the the kind of conservationist message it's not like just a 2022 idea in that sense it is a little bit hard to tell I, I to me the most zeitgeisty movie in conversation is all the beauty and the bloodshed. A movie about taking down billionaires who have all the power and and so. I forth. hope I hope it wins best documentary. I think it's a front runner. It deserves to to do so. And reminder: um, no documentary has ever been nominated for best picture. So never going to happen. <laughs> never going to happen. <laughs> it doesn't it's, have to have craft nominations. We talk you know? about this, Eric. It's just a, it, you just have to do the math. You know well, which branches are going to vote for it. There's only one doc branch. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Well, as we wrap up for the year, I mean, first of all, I gotta say, I mean, you took a little time off, and and I felt it, even though I had some great people on, because it's always a blast each week to catch up with you. I feel like you know you're sort of like my constant in parsing like the craziness of the new site that we're dealing with on a regular basis. And so, you know, I'm really excited for the year ahead because we have so much more to talk and about. Sundance. It's, it's, yeah, excited Sundance. For Sundance. And, and so always excited happening. for how, you know, what we'll get in the new year are all the guilds and all that other stuff that goes on, which is more about the reality of where we're heading. Yeah, than exactly. Than we've seen so far. So, 
in spite of all these, you know, kind of doom and gloom prognoses, nothing's working theatrically, you know, what's the future of all this stuff? I mean, I am sort of heartened by the fact that we just, we have a lot of good movies to talk about. We have a lot of efforts to try to keep things working. And so I guess we'll see where we land on that front. Are you going to get a chance to uh, catch up on anything? Do you have any more blind spots for the holidays? Lots or? of catching up to do based on what we talked about today. <laughs> we'll all see those docs we'll and foreign films I haven't seen. I and think shorts. I would watch uh, Smile, which was a surprise box office hit and, and has eluded me and is not an awards player. But that's uh, I'm going to watch the uh, the pale, the blue, the pale blue eye tonight. The one uh-huh. from uh, Scott Cooper. And uh, there are a few stragglers out there. You might have to watch A Man Called Otto, Eric. Sorry to tell I you. I might. This. I might. I also feel like I'm missing another aspect of the zeitgeist because I haven't finished White Lotus. So I'm uh, my cue is pretty dense. What what can I tell you? Wednesday. Gotta see Wednesday. Wednesday. Well, maybe if I'm looking to recreate that dance, depends on how boring I get over break, but I got a lot of plans. So, um, and enjoy (laughs) your time off. Uh, I'll I'll write you some letters. Send me a hideous uh, postcard. I'll I'll find you in the desert. And uh, happy new year. I'll see you soon enough. You too, Eric. Bye. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.